Lord, we are thankful that in any situation in our life, we can call upon your name and we know that you always hear us and your sovereign hand will be our guide. Even when we are surrounded by uncertainties in life, Lord, we know that we can count on you. We know that you will always be there for us. You will never forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Give God a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, good morning, church. Welcome home. Welcome to SIB Life, especially for those of you who are first time with us. Now, shout out to our all SIB Life members in Klang Valley, in Toronto, and Lumut and Perak, and uh, all SIB Life members who are yang bercuti sekarang ini, who are in Sabah and Sarawak. You know, I pray that all of you are doing well. You can remain safe, and please, please continue to observe the SOP. Okay, kita jaga kita, right? Stay safe. Now. Um, before I continue, I have one important announcement, especially for young adults and uh, final year students, all right? So we are going to have um, our first online YA night, young adults night, for this year. And I'm pretty sure the topic is something that is much needed for all of young adults and those who are looking for a job or career advancement, especially in this season. So on the 4th June, which is Friday, which is two weeks from now on, right? We get from 8.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. via Zoom, we're gonna have this YA night. And the topic for that night would be reading resume. Stands out and improve your hireability. Now, let's be honest. For most of us, writing a great resume is one of the most frustrating parts of the job search. You know, we sift through dozens of articles and compare conflicting advice to make our own decisions and what to follow. Now, bear in mind, there will be like a lot of people who are educated and experienced and have the same qualification like we do. So how can we write not only a great resume, but a winning one, you know, the one that stands out and help us to improve, you know, uh, uh, and, and especially in this season when there are people who are retrenched because their company, you know, are impacted by the pandemic. Right. So, of course, we're going to talk uh, more that night, right? So, register yourself through the link provided in the chat box or you can scan the QR code. So, well, for the guest speaker, mm, that you have to stay tuned, you know, for next week's announcement, all right? So, don't miss this. Seats are limited. All right, let's get into the world today, yeah? So, before we start, let's pray, all right? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, as we are about to hear your word for today, teach us to believe, teach us to rest, teach us to trust in your wisdom, your guidance, your generosity, your purpose for our lives. Holy Spirit, help us to understand the word that we are about to receive today. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen, Amen. So, today's passage it's taken from Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 to 36. Now, because it's uh, quite lengthy, so I'm not going to read this passage, but I'm going to highlight some of the verses later on. So I would like to invite you to, you know, after this uh, service, go and read chapter 16 to understand, to really know the story, especially for those of you who never heard of the story about, the, uh, about Exodus, about the Israelites, about... God's provision upon them through by, by giving manna and a quail, right? Now, 
So my sermon title for today is The Three Truths About God's Provision. Three Truths About God's Provision. Now, last week, we read in chapter 15, verse 25, that God tested the Israelites in Marah. And today, from our reading, the Israelites left Elim and entered the wilderness of Sin. Now, the wilderness of Sin, as you can see in the map, is a dry, sandy wasteland in the southern, southwestern part of the Sinai uh, peninsula. It was located in between Elim and Mount Sinai. Now, immediately upon arrival in the wilderness of Sin, the whole community of Israelites began to grumble. And again, they complained to Moses and Aaron. Now, this is not the first time. Now, however, this time, it was a little bit different. They are not complaining about water, but they are complaining about the lack of food. Now, the ingratitude of the Israelites so often, you know, after the miracles they witnessed, you know, this is actually, this is so Israelites, you know, if I say, you know, memang, memang betul-betul macam orang Israel. You know, because it demonstrates to us that despite, you know, the miracles, the signs and wonders that have, they have experienced and witnessed, you know, those things do not, the miracles do not necessarily lead to genuine faith. Yeah? So today, I'm going to talk about God's provision. Three truths about truths about God's provision based on Exodus 16. Now, but before we dive in, what's, what is provision? Is it different from blessings? You know? Now, I got to confess that coming from East Malaysian BM speaking background, you know, we don't really talk much about the difference between provision and blessings. For us, everything is blessings. Berkat, 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 berkat. You know, you got rice, berkat. You got water, berkat. You know, but you know, provision in BM bahasa Malaysia maksudnya apa? Peruntukan atau perbekalan. Okay, supply. While blessing is berkat. Alright. So what's the difference between provision and blessings? Now, in essence, provision is about our basic daily needs like food, you know, including water, shelter, and clothing. Blessing, on the other hand, is about God's favor and abundance in your life when you obey His commandment. Amen? Now, but remember this, friend. Don't equate abundance in material as a blessing from God. Because you know why? Um, there are lots of non-believers who are rich and wealthy and in abundance too. Wow. Now, what's the difference? Now, here's the difference. Blessing from God can be in any form. Not only finance. Okay, spiritual and physical form. It can be anything. And, but one thing for sure, blessing from God will draw you closer to Him. Will make you more in love with Him. And love to do what pleases Him. Amen? Amen. So when you use the hashtag, right? Hashtag blessed life. Hashtag I am blessed. Ask yourself these questions. Am I getting closer to God? You know, do I love Him more? Am I being generous with God's blessings? So when we look at the Israelites, you know, we might say that, hey, look how God blesses them with water and food, even when they are complaining, when they are, when they are rebellious uh, against God and complaining. Now, be careful. Don't miss this. 
God is providing for their basic needs, but it is not the blessing that He wanted to give them. God wanted them to enjoy a land flowing with milk and honey, and then that land is the promised land, the Canaan land. That is their blessing. Now, manna was provided daily, and they could not store it for the future. So, manna is their daily provision. That was not God's intention for them when He led them out of Egypt. So the manna and quail is just a provision, perbekalan, peruntukan, on their way to the promised land. Are you following me so far? Alright? So you can read more about, if you want to know about what blessings look like, read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to 14. Alright? Now, so provision is our basic daily needs. While blessing is God's favor and abundance in our life when we obey His commandments. Now, let's start with truth. Truth number one. God's provision is to test our obedience. God's provision is to test our obedience. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will Test them to see whether or not they will follow my instruction. Fast forward to verse 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So God is testing them if they would put their trust in Him by following His instruction and His way of providing them for their basic needs. So God gave them food, but a special food, something that never they, they never seen and never tasted before. And they call it manna. Manna basically what? What does it mean? Manna basically means what? What is it? You know, because they have no idea what is it. So they asked Moses, you know, when the, verse 15, when the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? Manna, 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 manna. You know? So because they don't know what it was. So Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Now, what is God's command or instruction before he gives them that provision? Number one, his instruction was, go out each day and gather for that day only. Secondly, each gathered as much as he needed to eat. You no, know, gather as much. Uh, so God says that you may take two quarts, you know. So one quart is equivalent to like two liter, so which is quite a lot, right? So it's quite a lot for one person to eat. No. So in the uh, instruction number three, no one is to let any of it remain until morning. That means whatever you gather today, you must finish it today, right? No leftover. Yeah, you can keep it for next, uh, tomorrow. Number four, gather more on the sixth day because the seventh day is Sabbath day. So, maksudnya, pada hari keenam, God wants them to gather more, dub, double from uh, the day before, right? Now, so the instruction was simple, easy, but they failed. Some of them even left uh, part of it until morning and what happened? It bred worms and stink. 
Yeah. Some of them went out together, manna on the seventh day, but they did not find any because God told them to rest on the seventh day. Wow, what a stiff neck. You know, memang degil lah. Memang, ooh, keras kepala. Now, why God wants to test the obedience? Yeah, three things. Why? Number one, God wants to test their obedience because He wants to grow their faith. Now, they believe that God exists. They believe that God is powerful and can do anything. But the second one is important. God wants to test their faith so that they can grow, test their obedience so that they can grow their trust. In other words, to put their faith into action. All right? And number three, why God's testing them? To draw them closer to Him. Now, our God is a relational God. Yeah, she wants to have a relationship with his people. Now, without faith and trust, it is impossible for the Israelite to know who God really is. Now, bear in mind, they have been slaves for 400 years. 400 years. Remember last week, Pastor Dan uh, shared that um, relationship requires trust. Yeah, that's why they're rather grumbling because they don't trust God. Right? Now, let me illustrate this about trust and faith, okay? <clears throat> I, I have three kids. So, our kids love to swim. Now, they love water. They soon to know how to swim well. So, as for now, all of them are not scared of water. All of them, including our two-year-old daughter, Michaela. So, they dare to jump in the adult pool when I'm with them, right? Now, even they dare to jump to the, to the middle of the pool, you know, and then they dive for a few seconds and then resurface on their own, uh, although they can't swim well. Why they dare to do that? Because they have grown their faith and trust in their daddy. You know, because they know that daddy's at the pool, don't worry, let's jump, you know. But let me tell you, it, this requires a process, all right? This requires a process. Now, my kids know that I can swim. They have seen me swim in the pool. They have seen me swim in the river or even the sea. They have seen and they have heard me telling them that I can swim, you know. And they know that as their daddy, I will always protect them. Now, when we reach the pool, it is time to put faith into practice, all right? I gave them instruction. I went into the pool. I said, like, look at daddy and jump towards me. Come on, jump. So, at first, they're a bit hesitant, you know. Because it's first time but they jump out of faith they jump and now here's the thing whether they're going to jump again for the second time or third time you know it depends on whether i am going to catch them or not when they jump yeah now i made a promise i told them that you jump i will catch you so they jump i fulfill my promise by grabbing them close to me and then that's when they start to develop their trust in me, all right? And that process is something that both me and my kids enjoy the most when we get into the pool. Even our two-year-old daughter keep on asking for more, you know? She don't know how to swim, but she can dive, you know? She just like jump and then daddy, daddy, then boom, jump, you know? Like, because she, she knows that I'm going to carry her, you know? So through this process, my kids slowly learn how to dive. They slowly learn how to swim and hold their breath underwater for a few seconds. 
all this they develop as the as, as they put their faith and trust in their father and our bond gets stronger and stronger now when we put our faith into practice you say you believe in god you say you believe that god exists god is faithful everything you know put that faith into practice build your trust and as you put your faith practice it out you know you you, you put your trust in god i believe that your relationship with god will grow stronger and stronger and then that's is that is god's desire for his people when they're in the wilderness god is testing them to see whether they trust him or not now some of you probably been wondering you know pastor why am i dealing with the same job the same task same boss you know i'm staying in the same hall in the same, same house taking the same mode of transportation every day like boring lah pastor you know why god put me in this company why god put me in this uni or college why god put me in this house you know <clears throat> well i believe god is testing you yeah whether you're obedient or not to his commandment before he bring you in your promised land obedience to god opens the door for us to experience a deeper relationship with him amen yeah why do some some of us found ourselves in the same problem over and over again it seems like we don't have enough provision every month we work hard we have more than two jobs we work overtime we don't take rest we no sabbath and yet we never seems to move forward yeah we worried so much about tomorrow worried about our future and we try our best to make sure we never be hungry or never lack of anything no one to trust except ourselves we don't even trust god because you know who else right to trust if not ourselves you know just maybe it's a good time for us to reflect and ask this question am i being obedient in handling god's provision in my life second truth about god's provision god's provision will reveal the condition of our heart now even with god's supernatural provision the israelites still complain and grumble in the desert wow now let's check out verse 2 uh, chapter 16 verse 2 the entire israelite community grumbled against moses and aaron in the wilderness the israelites said to them if only we had died by the lord's hand in the land of egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted instead you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger you know here we can see the two condition to the condition of the, the, the israelites you know the heart condition of the israelites two condition number one it shows that their heart you know their heart grumbles against god heart and grumbles against god and secondly a heart that romanticizing their past condition now what is grumble grumble basically to complain about something or someone in a bad tempered way grumble is to murmur in discontent now when we grumble we declare our distrust in god's sovereign rule over our life we are basically saying that god what you've done is not good enough you have to do more you have to do better than this god when we grumble that's actually what we are saying to god yeah verse 8 so moses continued Moses replied them the lord will give you meat to eat this evening and all the bread you want in the morning 
for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? You, your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Now, the Israelites didn't realize that they are not complaining against Moses and Aaron. They're actually complaining against God. Church, they complain because the provision given by God is not as what they expected. It's not the same as they wanted. Be careful with this, church. When we grumble towards our leaders, maybe in church, maybe someone who is in authority, when we grumble, grumble, right? We complain, complain. Be careful. We are actually grumbling against God because God put them over us, you know, the authority over us. Think about that. Now, God takes grumbling seriously. Now, just consider James' word. Now, James, uh, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 9, he said, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Wow. We, we, we might quick to think of God's wrath as it like relates to sexual sin or lies or murder, you know. But the sin that being mentioned by James here is what? Grumbling. Now, do we take grumbling this seriously? Come on, friends. Do we take grumbling this seriously? Discontentment is an emotion that is capable of dwarfing us spiritually because it is directed against the Lord. So if we are discontent with His will for us, then we are not going to grow in our faith. Let me repeat that. When we are not, uh, when, when we are discontent with His will for us, we are not going to grow in our faith. Contentment does not mean we, we does not mean not wanting anything. Instead, it means only wanting the best from our heavenly Father. Yeah, that's contentment. Now, what's the second condition of the heart of the Israelite? You know, revealed in this Exodus chapter 16, what's the second condition? What's the heart condition of the Israelites? A heart that romanticizing their past. You know, they think they are romanticizing their past. They are thinking about their bakute or chashupao, you know. You know, the pots of meat and all the bread they wanted. Yeah, they are romanticizing all the wonderful provision they, they so enjoyed back in Egypt. Yeah, of course, they wouldn't have left Egypt if those were truly the good old days. Yeah, but undisciplined desire began to taint their memories and they started longing for a return to the pleasures of Egypt, which of course is basically a sinful pleasures. Yeah, Egypt always talks about the world, flesh, sin, right? Now, whenever we are tempted to ask this question, no? Why were the old days better than today? Yeah, when we ever thought of that question, be careful. That should be a red alert that we, we need to do. Yeah, be careful with that. Yeah, when we fail to trust in God's promise to fully meet our needs and satisfy our desire, we will end up romanticizing the past. Although, it, is, it was the same thing that causes us to sin and fall. Probably some of you were thinking like, wow, 
if I'm not a Christian, if I don't really come to church, you know, be part of this church, I would have like, you know, uh, partying, you know, right now, I would have like, go here and there, I will have like, involved in this kind of behavior. Ah, wow, that was fun back then. Be careful when you have that thought, right? Be careful. Don't romanticize your past. Now, the Israelites is a reflection of who we are as human beings. Yeah. We believe, we said that we are God's people. God has set us free from our bondages, but our heart never changed. We still never satisfied or contented with what God has done in our lives. We forgot what God can do because we have forgotten what He has done in our life. Yeah, In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 6 says, Carefully, Follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. This is Moses telling to the, 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 the new generation of uh, Israelites. Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out, and your feet did not swell these 40 years. Keep in mind that the Lord your God has been disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. So keep the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. Friends, how are you handling uh, God's provision in your life? How do you manage them? Yeah, When you are faced with the challenges of meeting your daily needs, do you quickly seek God or do you use your own ways to meet your needs? Do you see the challenge you face as God's way of humbling you? Or do you see the challenge you face as God's way of like revealing what's in your heart? Yeah. Maybe some of you say, Pastor, uh, I never, you know, lack of anything, you know. Puji Tuhan, everything is fine. Well, I'm going to ask you the same question, you know. Are you getting closer to God? Is your faith, is your trust in God grows every single day? Or you say like, since I can do this on my own, I can, you know, become rich and, you know, take care of my own. Well, yeah, I might think about God once in a while. Yeah. What is God revealing in your heart this morning? Respond to God. Respond to God. Now, the third truth, the last one. God's provision is His love in action. God's provision is His love in action. The manna and quail was God's response to the grumbling of His people in the wilderness of sin. God loved His people so much, He's teaching them to see that there is something greater than the manna that they have received in the wilderness for 40 years. Exodus 16 is a picture of what we really need if we want to stay alive. It's not the bread, you know, the food, no, no, but it's the Word of God that gives us life yeah deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 he humbled you by letting you go hungry then he gave you manna to eat 
which you and your ancestors had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, when we talk about the Word of God, we will immediately think about Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and met His dwelling among us. That's Jesus. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Church, Jesus is the Word of God. Amen? This is the Word of God that became flesh. Now, John chapter 6, verse 27 so there are a few group of people who are looking for Jesus. You know, actually they are looking for the miracle bread, for the food, you know, because Jesus just uh, fed them miraculously, you know, before that. So Jesus replied to them in verse 27, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Then Jesus uh, further on says in verse 32, Jesus told the people that He is the bread of life, okay? Jesus said to them, verse 32, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of, life, bread of life, hallelujah. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, amen. Because God loves the world so much, because God loves you and me, He showed His love by giving His Son, Jesus, the bread of life, so, so that we may live and never be hungry again. Amen. Now, church, I want us to see that God loves us so much that despite our disobedience, despite our grumblings and complaints, He still loves us and He showed it by giving His Son, Jesus. He knew that the manna was just temporary and it can't give eternal satisfaction to us. That's why He gave His Son for us, as a display of His love for us. Jesus is our provision. So church, what is your response to God's provision in your life? Are we going to put our trust and faith in Jesus? Or are we going to put our trust and faith on the things of this world? Are we going to be contented with what He has given us, or we want to complain and grumble about our unmet human desires? Are we going to consume the bread of life, trusting Him to fulfill our deepest need and desire in life, or we want to consume what the world offers to us? What's your response? Hallelujah. Let us, let us just, you know, come to God right now. Just bow our head. Check your heart to see what's the condition it is in right now. If you are hard-hearted, recognize the spiritual effect of this condition on your life. If you do not know what's the condition your heart is in right now, ask God for guidance. Yeah. 
will point out things that that that, that offends you you know that 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 will bring you back to him so may this be your prayer today so let us come to jesus come to him with repentance come to the bread of life believe in god believe in his son jesus hallelujah lord we believe in you lord now let us sing this song together let us sing this song as we reflect on god's faithfulness in our pray for you right now wherever you are after hearing the word of god today you you just realize that you've been disobeying god by the way you live your life you've been complaining about his provision in your life because you feel like god doesn't know what your needs are you you have you you know you are jealous about how people live their life you feel like whenever you pray for certain things he seems to be far away from you so you choose to do it your way so Today, you realize that you need to repent. You hear God's voice calling your name. So wherever you are right now, I want to pray for you. Lift your hands right now. If that's you, you say like, Pastor, pray for me. I want to return to God. I want to be obedient to Him. You know, I want to have that bread of life in my life. Hallelujah. God, we are thankful for your word today. We want to respond to your word with an open heart, with humility. Because we know that you alone are the bread of life that can satisfy our body, spirit, and soul. So, Father God, I commit them, all of them who raise their hand right now, Father, I commit them to your, uh, into your hands today, Lord Father. From this day onwards, let your spirit be their guide and continue to remind them of your faithfulness. Continue to remind them of your love for them so that they will live a life that is filled with, with contentment. A life that will always bring glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Lord, may their faith in you continue to increase in this season. May they continue to grow their trust, Lord Father. May they walk in the obedience to your command. Hallelujah. May they continue to grow in their love for you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this song once more time.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because we know that you are with us wherever we are, Lord Jesus. You reveal yourself to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being with us from the beginning of our service up to this point, Lord, Father God. We know that we are blessed, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord, Father God, we receive so many things from you today, Lord Jesus. Lord, Father, I pray bless, bless your people today, Lord, Father God. Those who with family, with kids, those who are single, Lord Jesus, whether in their relationship, Lord, Father God, those who are working as students, whether they are looking for a job, Lord, Father God, Lord, your hands be upon them, Lord, Father God, guiding them, Lord, protecting them, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, may your hands, Lord, Father God, be with them, Lord, Father God, your angels surround them, Lord, Father, protect them from any harm, protect them from any sickness and disease, oh Lord Jesus. I pray they will continue to be fruitful, Lord Jesus, in every good work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, know that you will never walk alone. Know that the comfort of Christ is walking beside you. you know, feel His presence each moment of each day. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace today and forevermore. And all those people say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Give God a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Well, that's it for today. So glad that you have joined us. So uh, don't forget, next week, join us for our uh, We Pray yeah, on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. and uh, on Saturday, 9 a.m. You know, together with the, the, the rest of the family of SIB Life, we intercede, we pray for one another and pray for our nation, pray for our family. Hallelujah. So have a great day. Have a blessed Sunday. Stay safe. Tuhan memberkati. Just stay at home.